I want to encourage y'all to do something a little different this morning um, rather than a normal Sunday service. So uh, we're like all the wild ones, like the people that love to dance. There we go. Wanna, come on up front. Like lay on the ground. Come sit on the ground. Like now. Go ahead and come now. You already identified yourselves. There's no turning back. And, and I want to encourage, is there an, uh, one more offering bucket? Is there one of them left over there? Yeah? Can we put it like over in the corner? So the reason uh, I want to do some things a little differently is I want to encourage you to participate because I'm, I'm sharing a lot of testimonies. And there's, uh, when, you, when you hear testimonies, there's kind of a temptation to think, oh, that's nice for him. Or, or that was really great for them. And, and it disconnects us from participating in what the Lord is doing. So this, this offering bucket, if you feel, uh, and there's today, the, the anointing on today, on, on what I was sharing, and actually the same thing in a different way um, on what Michelle was sharing is breakthrough. Today is about breakthrough. And the breakthrough that I've been seeing has actually been in my calling. So if there's an area where you need breakthrough in your calling, as the Lord leads, I want to encourage you to participate in the anointing. Give into it. How's your hip? How's your hip? Good. It was a word? That's awesome. Um. So do something. I don't care what it is. It does not bother me if you are rolling around on the ground as long as it's the Lord. If you're, if you're rolling around and it's not the Lord, we're going to cast it out. And then you're allowed to roll around on the, Lord, or on the ground with the Lord. So uh, as many of you know, I've, I've been going to Juarez for about, um, about four years. And it has always been a desire in my heart to, to do crusade-type evangelism. And I love one-on-one I love -on -one evangelism, um, but I wanted to see more. Like, I wanted to see what it looks like to have an entire room of people healed. I wanted to see a field of people healed. I wanted to see a large amount of people coming to the Lord at once. And, and the thing about it was... I, I didn't have the means to make that happen. I had no way of, of like promoting myself into a position of being received by a people group I'd never been to before. You follow me? And um, so my first connection with Juarez, the Lord had told me to, to go to Mexico, or not to go to Mexico, to go to Kansas City. And I went to visit a friend. And um, I walk into this ministry setting and, and this little old lady just, that I've never met before said, oh, you're the man from my dream. And in my head, I, <laughs> I think, what kind of dream is, is she talking about? Um, she said, you were in my dream and you led me and my church through these double doors. I'm like, oh, that's, that's a good dream. And, and then you were performing surgery on us. I said, man, this is a really good dream. Where's your church? And, and she said, my church is in Mexico, it's in Juarez. So that was the first connection to, to Juarez. And, um, and as we started going, I first went and was going with other people and just participating in what the Lord was doing with them. And, and as we did, there became opportunities for crusades. 
And, and it started off smaller and local where um, they, they do things that we can't do here. Uh, they, at an intersection, they would just drive up a couple trucks and block off the intersection, take out some folding chairs, plug a bunch of sound equipment into somebody's house, and, and you had a crusade right there. You, you practice preaching, the, the sick would get healed, demons are getting cast out. It's all happening right there. Um, and that was, that was how it started. I saw them do it with somebody else, and I said, hey, uh, can, I, can I do that? <laughs> and they oddly said yes. And um, there was a time where I met this guy. Uh, we were doing some of those local crusades, and there was a big one that was happening in the city. I said, well, we don't need to interfere with what they're doing. Let's just go see how that, you know, how that turns out. And the guy that was running it, uh, his name is Lalo. Lalo. And, uh, and you know, there's probably, I guess, five, 600 people there. And um, we're, we're watching, and I'm standing next to the pastor. Her name is Maria. This is the lady that had a dream about me. I said, man, it'd be great to meet this guy. And she said, oh, I'll introduce you. So he comes over. We're, we're talking, and... Uh, and he says, well, next time you want to do a crusade, just tell me and, and we'll put it all together for you. I just kind of looked at him funny like, you don't know me. I could be terrible at preaching. Um, but there was something divine in that connection. And it was two years before we actually planned that larger event. And, uh, and I found that it is a lot harder to coordinate with a bunch of churches. If it's just one, it's easy. But when it's a lot of different people and moving parts, it's harder to coordinate. But come this trip. Um, so this trip, it, uh, I get emotional in a good way. It, so it was totally orchestrated by the Lord. All of it was orchestrated by the Lord. We, we, needed, uh, we needed two people in particular for the ministry team. We needed a worship leader, and, and we needed a cameraman or a photographer. And um, I was praying about it, and at the Reinhard Bonnke Evangelism School in Florida, uh, I walk up to this guy who looks like David Porcadu, if you all know who David Porcadu is. And I start prophesying over him because I, I feel like it's a word, and it turns out it's a word. And he's a worship leader, and in the middle of prophesying over him, um, I heard the Lord say, invite him to Juarez. I thought, well... I don't know this guy. And I need a bilingual worship leader. I said, do you speak Spanish? And, and he said, well, I lead worship in Spanish and in English at my church in Florida. <laughs> That's the guy. <laughs> and um, I, after that moment, I was so confident that he was the right guy. The first time I actually heard him lead worship was the first night of the crusade. I had never heard him before. And I heard him warming up. I'm like, oh. Thank you, Jesus. He's so anointed. <laughs> and then we needed a photographer. And um, I think it was after service one of the days in here. And Kylie was sitting in the back. And we're talking. And I, had, I didn't know she had anything to do with photography. And, and she starts talking about it. And I, I feel the Lord say, invite her. So I invite her. And then the next day, my mind kicked in. And I thought, you know, it's this was just my natural reasoning. I said, you know, it's probably not a good idea to take a 20-something-year-old young woman, put her out in a crowd of lost people, 
in an area that's known for kidnapping young women. <laughs> and, and so I, I, I texted her back. I said, you know, we just, I just need to pray about it a little bit more. I just want to make sure that you're going to be safe and, and that, that you're free to, to take pictures and do whatever you need to do um, and that, that I don't have to worry about where you're at all the time. So the next day comes, I'm praying, and I hear really clearly that it needs to be Kylie. So I text Kylie. And, uh, and she said, oh, I know. I said, what do you mean you know? She said, well, I had a dream. So Kylie said, I, I had a dream. I was praying last night. Now, we had a GoFundMe page up on Facebook that had a picture of the field that, that we're planning on having this event in. Um, and Kylie was praying over that picture. She has a dream. She goes to sleep, has a dream that she's in the field and there's no one there. And she goes up a hill and goes down into a cave. And in this cave, there's an angel. And, the, and she says, where's Jeff? Where, where are the people? And the angel says, Jeff's getting ready. The people are getting ready. The anointing is going to be strong. Many will be healed. And many will come. And then she, next thing she knows, she's outside and there's a lot of people around. But I'm not there. She wakes up. I think it was at 318. Um, and looked up Proverbs 318. She's praying about it a little more. Still not sure if she's supposed to be the person to come. Goes back to sleep back into the same dream. And, in, and now in this part of the dream, she has her camera and she's uh, flipping through the pictures and showing them to me. So she already knew. So, and that encouraged me because I started to ask the Lord, Lord, I, I don't want to force myself into anything that I'm not ready for. Because, you know, it's, it's better to take the seat of humility and let the Lord promote you in the right time than try to promote yourself and have him humble you. And I didn't want to, to have to be humbled. I'd rather start off humble. <laughs> so when I, when I heard this dream, it was like, okay, I'm on the right track. Good. Even though I already had one confirmation through the worship leader, now I got number two. And um, so we, we all drive down to El Paso in the first, the first night. So El, we stay in El Paso, and you can cross the border back and forth to Juarez. And the first night, we're there eating dinner at some random burger place. And uh, I just start to get a prophetic word for uh, the waitress. And it starts off real simple. And it goes to more detailed and more specific. And, um, and then she, she says, I get a word about her having back pain. And she says, yeah, I have back pain. I said, well, sit down. So she sits down. And her leg is probably a half inch shorter than the other one. And it grows out. And then I get another word. I said, and you're deaf in one ear. And she said, yeah. I said, well, we're going to pray for that. So we pray, and her deaf ear opens up. <laughs> and then I share my testimony. And I said, are you ready to accept Jesus? And she says, yeah. And she comes to Christ. And this is like day one. We haven't even crossed the border yet. Like this is, I'm thinking this is a great start. This is going to be an amazing trip. And it was. Um, we saw, and I'm not saying this, that it was me by any means. We saw hundred percent healing the entire time. Yeah. Now, Jesus is the same in Juarez as he is here. Yeah. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. 
Now, when he was walking the earth, Jesus saw whole cities and villages healed. They came out to him and he saw whole cities and villages healed. It's not a big deal for God to heal everyone in this room. It's not hard. So we, we crossed the border. Actually, before we crossed the border, we went to uh, someone's hair salon. I don't even know how we ended up in this hair salon. There was some business owner that wanted us to pray over the business. And as we're praying, um, the gold dust or glory dust is like appearing on the chairs as we're praying. I'm like, ho, oh. and, and if you've never seen me, when, I, when somebody gets healed, I just get happy. If that offends you, I don't know what to tell you. I can't really say I'm sorry. It just makes me happy. And then, um, so we go across the border, and the first night, we, there was so much rain. If y'all saw on Facebook how much rain there was, it was about, I don't know, a, it seemed like a foot of rain. A ton of rain. And within three hours of me texting all the intercessors, it was, like, gone. And it was gone in El Paso. In Juarez, their sewage is not as... Uh, their drainage system is not as developed. So there was still stuff flooded, and the field was drenched. And uh, the Lord had already told me if they move the location, it's because of me. So okay. So, which makes it a lot easier. You don't freak out when stuff like that happens. And I found out why the next day. But we moved, they moved the location from this big field onto a street that was blasting the sound up into the homes. And the first night comes, we preach. There's about, uh, I'd say, 10, 15 people come, come to Jesus. And then, um, so I, I start to give out prophetic words. And what I didn't realize is um, we were in, it's, they call it uh, El Barrio, which is kind of like the hood. Um, <laughs> That's the amen I get from Ariel. <laughs> um, so, uh, so I'm calling out these words and people are getting healed, but I don't know about it because they're not coming up to give the testimony. And there's something about in, in that culture of, of not wanting to come forward. There was a, a fear, a shyness, something that was associated with it. Um, but we know that they were getting healed for a couple of reasons. One was uh, Diane, who was part of the ministry team. She personally saw four people get healed, and she had to usher them up to the stage to get the testimony. One of them was a lady that had nerve damage down her arm, and the pain left her arm entirely. Another was a woman that had a deaf ear, and it just opened up. And what they told us the next day, um, day two in the morning, they said, you know, uh, people were getting healed in their homes as you were calling out the words that weren't even part of the crusade. And... Um, Honestly, there were, there were more healings than I can really keep track of. The ones that I remember the most are the ones that impacted me the most. There was 
a little boy. Uh, I had already prayed for the mom. She got healed of something in her, I think it was her neck. She said, I want you to come pray for my son. So, and there was a time limit. I had to stop preaching at a certain time because uh, it was a weekday and I'm preaching into people's homes whether they like it or not. Um, and uh, so I, I, afterwards, it's, you know, the service is kind of closed and, and I go over to her and her husband and there's this little boy sitting on her husband's lap and he's probably three years old. And I said, okay, what, what, can, I, what can I pray for him for? She said, well, he has a tumor. And there's a tumor right on the inside of his thigh, and, and it's hurting him. He, he hasn't walked in several months. And, and he was afraid to walk because of the pain that this thing was causing him. I said, okay. So we prayed, and you could feel it dissolve. And he's the little boy. We're walking him around pain-free. Pain-free. And day three rolls around. Now, day two, I made a few mistakes. Like, the Lord had told me how he wanted the service to go, and I didn't do it the way that he told me he wanted the service to go. And it wasn't like I was, like, being so rebellious. I just had, uh, had it in my mind a certain way, and I let go of the way that he was telling me to do it and did it my way. Third night, I got it right. And, and honestly, part of it was what he was telling me to do made me a little nervous. He said, I want you to call out the words, have them raise their hand and have them come up and pray for him in front of everybody. I thought, I was like, <laughs> I, in my head, I was thinking, you know, Lord, all those, those big televangelists, they just get the testimonies up there. Like they don't, they don't show the, they don't show them praying for a whole lot of individuals. Um, oddly enough, he didn't listen. <laughs> So the third night, we start calling out words of knowledge. I'm calling out a series of words of knowledge, and then people are coming up. I'm calling out words of knowledge, and people are coming up. And, uh, and also, I have some videos, so you all are going to see some of these. There were probably four different people that came up with various knee problems, and they were all healed, just one after the other after the other. There was a doctor that came up. She had three hernias in her back. She falls out in the spirit. She gets up. She has no hernias in her back. There was, uh, in this one you're going to see in a minute, there's a lady who had hepatitis, which wasn't something that we could test for. Um, she had a deaf ear. She had a, was it a knee problem or a back problem? Knee problem. Because she could barely make it up the stairs to get on the stage. Her knee gets healed. Her deaf ear opens up in front of everybody. Like her deaf ear just opens up and she's repeating after me. And you'll see it on the video. Um, there was a man who was blind in one eye and he's deaf in one ear. And as I'm praying from stage, he starts to see sparkles. But it's not like it's not done yet. And, and so he comes up on stage and uh, we pray for him. And I, I'm standing, I don't even know, probably 15 feet away from him. And he's counting out the fingers that I'm holding up. And his blind eyes totally opened. And he's such a mess. 
that he's, he's like, he's about to just cry and get off the stage. I said, wait, wait, wait. No, no, you have a deaf ear still. Come on. We're going to pray for that too. And his deaf ear opens up. <laughs> and this one, oh, this one's by far one of my favorites. Um, so I'd called out, I was intentionally not pressing in for details for words of knowledge because I wanted as many people to come up as possible. I didn't want them to like disqualify themselves. Um, so I'd say knee pain rather than right knee pain, inner thigh, you know, anything like that. So this lady had come up for back pain and she brought her daughter with her. And, uh, the Lord had given me this word and, and had reiterated it several times, um, that there was somebody that had fallen, they had hit their head on concrete, and they had, had pain in their head. I said, okay, there's, there's somebody here, you've fallen, you hit your head on the concrete, you have pain in your head. Nothing. I said it again. There's somebody here, you've fallen, you hit your head on concrete, you have pain in your head. And finally, I hear from behind me, it's my, my translator saying, oh, it's this lady over here. I said, okay. And uh, what was... Um, kind of bad was she had been at another meeting and had uh, fallen out in the spirit, presumably, and they didn't catch her. And she hit her head and her back on concrete. So I get two catchers for her just so she feels better about it. <laughs> I pray for her. She falls out. She gets healed. But, she, but before I prayed for her, um, her little daughter is about... I guess she was eight years old, maybe seven, something like that. And she said, I want you to pray for my daughter. She, she's autistic, and she's having a hard time in school. And there's something that's wrong with part of her face. I don't know how else to describe it. It was just kind of off. Um, she's not looking at me. She looks depressed. And now her mom is out. And <laughs> so I go to pray for this little girl. And... Um, at this point, the worship leader, is he's stopped worshiping. He's more interested in what's happening over here. So he's, he's standing behind me, and I pray for her, and I take my hands off, and I watched her face change. And I started freaking out in a good way. I was like, dude, tell me you saw that. Tell me you just saw her face change. And she looks right at me and starts giggling. Now... Somebody told me this later, I didn't know it, uh, is that people with autism have a hard time with eye contact. And the first thing that she does is she starts giggling and looks me right in the eye. <laughs> so the crusades are over, and the next day um, one of the pastors invites me to their church, and um, Cody, Cody and I kind of co-lead this, this ministry. He's going to one church and I go to another one. And it's me and the worship leader and the translator, and uh, translator Diane. And she gets so blasted in the Holy Spirit, she can, like, can't really get up to, to translate for me. So we kind of have to carry her up to the pulpit, <laughs> which is always a good sign. If somebody has to be carried into or out of the pulpit, it's a good day. So, so, so we preach and um, start to call out a couple of words of knowledge, but the, the worship leader, his name is Norbert Morales. And Norbert is, is now 
he's so hungry for miracles, he's not waiting for me. He's, he's off doing his thing, and people are getting healed of arthritis. Um, while I think it was towards the end of the message, like they're getting healed all over the place. So, okay, she just got healed of arthritis, and then he calls up another one, and then she gets healed of arthritis. So, well, let's, let's give Norbert a shot at this. So I give him kind of a quick um, briefing on giving words of knowledge for healing. So he starts calling out the words, and people start coming up, and I'm praying for healing, and he's calling out words, and it's just really fun time. Um, there is six people in a row, their legs are growing out, left and right. There was a lady who had an uh, ulcer that you could feel on her stomach, like this ball, it disappeared. Um, let's see, what else was healed? There was all kinds of the neck pain and back pain and those things. And then this little girl says, I want to I give a testimony. And I, in my head, I'm thinking, well, we haven't prayed for her. And she's crying, like good crying. So she comes to give her testimony. She said, I, I had a bone in my rib that was sticking out. And as I've been sitting in the back, it just went back into place. <laughs> uh, this is so much fun. And, and I, look at, I look at Norbert and I look at Diane and I thought, oh, I don't even know if it's acceptable for us to be as, as uh, drunk in the spirit as we are right now. But everybody's getting healed, so who cares? They weren't, they weren't objecting because everybody's getting healed. Now, before I went on the trip, we had two things happen that were, that were miracles, that were accelerating um, things in my calling. That there's, and on these testimonies, there is breakthrough for you. We've been seeing the same acceleration in the outreaches as, as we've seen in Mexico. Where there was somebody that had a gunshot wound in their back, gets out of a, a wheelchair. And Connor, who's in the kids' room, my son, um, he's been seeing people get healed there last week. There was a woman that came in in crutches, and she came out without the crutches after Connor's praying for her. What he does for one, he'll do for another. He's no respecter of persons. So we were actually, um, we were given a building in Juarez for free. For free. Before, before we, we ever went down there, there's an orphanage that we've been visiting for several years. And it used to be the, the first, it's, a, it's called a building, but it's really a series of buildings. It used to be the first TV channel in Juarez and the first radio channel in Juarez. And they were given this property, and they only used one little area for this orphanage. And the... Uh, the lady that's over the orphanage, she said, you know, you can, you can stay, you can have this for free, for, well, let me say free, rent free, and you can have this whole area, which needs renovated, but there is a massive theater in the middle of this thing that doesn't need any renovation. And it's right in the middle of downtown Juarez. 
And when you open the front gate, there's a statue of Benito Juarez right there in the first place I ever preached the gospel in, in Mexico. So that happened before we went. And then I also had a friend who, um, who's an extremely anointed minister herself in Houston, out of the blue messages me and says, um, I know that you're doing things in, in Juarez. Will you come on TBN Salsa and talk about what the Lord is doing in Juarez? So I said, yeah. Sure. So that's coming up in October. And I want to encourage you. These are things from my calling that I've, I've treasured in my heart for years. That I had no way of trying to fulfill it myself. And, and the reason I, I just put an offering box up here is I want you to have an opportunity to participate in Breakthrough. That if there's areas of your calling that you've needed breakthrough in, you can participate in the anointing for breakthrough. Because it's on these testimonies. In the same way that there's an impartation for healing, which is going to happen. And I actually, I, uh, altar teams and prayer teams, I totally forgot to text you guys, but I need every single one of you. <laughs> so, um, before we before we get started with that, can you show the video? And just to give a disclaimer, um, this was not like super well put together. I just had a few minutes. It has sound. It took a while, so I sped up the video.
<laughs> Watch it again. <laughs> so now, now I want you to participate in that same anointing. So if you're on the healing teams, um, and I know I didn't send out any notices. If you got to go afterwards, you got to go. Um, will you line up on the sides of the walls? Okay. I don't know what you're saying. Huh? Yeah, just... If you're on the healing team, just along the sides. Now, first, if, if you identified with any of those healings, if that is something that you need in your body, if you need healing in your knees, if you have an ear that's deaf, if you have an eye that's blind, if you have an ulcer, if you have hernias, if you have any of those things, I want you to just walk up, uh, walk up to somebody along the side right now. You got to stand up, though. This is, this is us participating in that same anointing. Left, oh, if anybody has pain in the left hip or any problems in your left hip, wave at me. Yeah. Okay. Come up here. Come find some people. There's uh, Tracy and Lori over here. Now, I want to encourage you to not leave yet. We do all the prayer for healing and miracles at the end of the service. If you have to go, be free. I'm, this isn't like a burden to stay when, when it's too late. But if you want to see miracles, you got to be around when they're happening. And if you want to see miracles, prayer team, you, you have to have your eyes open. <laughs> 